They're great. I only got my centre outfit on nearly. I really want to, first of all, um, Dad sends his love to you all, and uh, he's been in Korea, South Korea, uh, for the last little while, and now he's in China, and uh, bringing hope to, to many, many, many hundreds and thousands of Asians. And uh, so I encourage you to pray for him, he'll be back soon. And uh, I really want to thank you all for, your, for the love that you extended to me last Sunday, and uh, as I graduated from my MBA, and uh, they were so very, very touching and very kind of, of you all, and I uh, thank you all for your support. I kind of want to build a little bit on that today, and um, to just a, a little, just a little bit of uh, introduction before I get into the message, uh, which kind of ties it all up, and uh, probably about five years ago, I was in a place of, uh, I, was in a probably, I was in a place of contention. Uh, I was in a place of uh, not knowing what to do. I was in a place of hopelessness. And uh, it's not that I haven't come from a good family or anything like that, but it was just life was in a, brought me into a place of hopelessness and I wasn't quite sure about the future. Um, I was in a place of contention and strife and it was, it was a difficult time. And uh, I wanted to shift in my life. I needed something to shift me from where I was into a, into a different place. And uh, so one of the things I'd, I'd, I'd contemplated was studying and I remember getting to a place where uh, we had uh, we'd been in contact with, with Pakistan and had been there a few times, and I was in a place of decision about uh, launching something in Pakistan or going to study, uh, either doing something for somebody else or doing something for myself. Both, were, both had challenges, but both had potentially good outcomes, and... Uh, and often you find yourself in a place of decision like that where uh, you don't always know what to do, which, which is the right way to go. And for some people, they remain in that place of decision and nothing ever shifts. And they just stay and they'll just, life just keeps on going by. Like the Pink Floyd song goes, uh, 10 years have passed you by and you've missed the starting gun. And it's like, well, that was the gun back there. And um, probably some of you wouldn't know that song, would you? No. <laughs> No Pink Floyd fans or anything like that here? No. Yeah. Yeah. Next Sunday. So I, uh, I was in that place of decision, and one of the things I, d- I just, I, we just felt from God, I had to shift from a place where I was and go to uh, another place. But the thing was, I had no idea what that was. So one of the, I ended up making a decision, and we went to Pakistan, and... Uh, and on reflection now, uh, I decided to put the Pakistan thing first and then we'll look at the MBA thing, we'll look at the study thing afterwards. Now I've been able to complete both. Uh, I've been able to look back and just reflect. Sometimes you've got to reflect back on life and just say, well, well God was leading me there. Well, there were some good decisions in there. And uh, I was just so encouraged just to see just a little while ago, Anwar had a crusade and uh, a prayer meeting in Karachi. And over a million people turned up for it. And, um, and when I look back at that, I, think, I was thinking, you know, all that started back from just saying, yes, I'm going to go this way. And yes, I'm going to get behind this. And yes, I'm going to compi- commit to this. And, uh, and uh, so back then, those, those sorts of meetings were not heard of. Uh, it, cost, it would cost a lot of money to do it, be a lot of danger. But now, since we started Isaac TV... Millions of people coming to Jesus Christ. It is, 
we've started something that has just kept going and going and going. Now, this is just one crusade, one prayer meeting, and over a million people turn up to it. He's doing that all over the country. And not only that, and uh, people are hearing the gospel, they're receiving hope of Jesus, the hope of Jesus Christ every day, 24-7, right across the whole Middle East and across Asia. That is just something. For, and when I trace that back, it came back to just a point of saying, yes, I'm going to stand up out of my place of contention and do something and respond to the call of God. And that there just keeps on. And I've, on reflection, I've come back and I'm thinking, wow, that is so amazing that it just keeps on going and going and going. And now I've been able to come to a place where uh, I've also graduated from an MBA and also now in a place where I can influence a whole bunch of other people. And this is, and I'm still young. <laughs> I remember going into places where, you know, in reflection, starting saying yes to the recall of God and, and responding to God in my place of contention and hopelessness brought me into a place where I had to pinch myself at times to, it's like, is this real? I remember I was just reflecting back and, and I, bought the, I took the grand imam on a mission trip with me. I remember the grand imam of Pakistan, and he's got the fifth largest mosque in the world. And I took, asked him to come on a mission trip with me. And here we were. I'm just sitting in one of the largest churches in Asia. And we have Dr. Yongli Cho, um, Dr. A.R. Bernard, Reinhard Bonnke, some of the top leaders in Christendom around the world. Dr., uh, Dr. Cho is asking me to arrange a meeting for him with the Grand Imam of Pakistan. I remember sitting in this, in this room together. We're all having a cup of tea. And we started to pray together. And I was thinking, wow, you know, all of this happened because I said yes to the call of God. And I remember Ahab Bernard said to me, he's looking at me and he's saying, he's got a larger, one of the largest churches in America, about 30 odd thousand people. He's got Denzel Washington in his church, he's an advisor to the mayor and all. And he looked at me and he's thinking, where's this boy come from? <laughs> and he said, I remember him asking me, he said, how do you fit? I mean, how do you, you know, know him and know him and, anyway, where are you from, he said, he said, well, I'm just a floor sander from Hastings. <laughs> You'd be surprised what God can do with your life when you say yes to him, when you entrust your life to him in your time of contention, right? doesn't matter where you are, you could be, I mean, I've scrubbed floors, you know, toilets and stuff like that, and God lifts you up to a place where you can reflect back and you think, how, how did I get there? God, you're so wonderful and so gracious, and I'm only, I'm hoping, halfway through my life. So I want to encourage you a bit on this this morning, and uh, in Genesis chapter 13, Abram had gotten to a place, in a a similar place. He was in a place of contention. His brother Lot had just separated from him, and they were doing quite well, and then there was contention, and so they had to go their own separate ways. And so Abram was in a place where uh, he was in a place of contention. I can imagine maybe the hopes that he had for his future may have just disappeared because his brother Lot had taken the easy way, 
And out of the kindness of his heart, he gave Lot the option to say, which way do you want to go? And Lot said, well, I'll take the easy way and left Abram with the hard choice. And uh, sometimes you find yourself in a place where you don't know what to do from here. You find yourself in a place of contention. You can find yourself in a place of hopelessness, not sure what to do. And it's in this context in which God spoke to him in verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes now. Lift up your eyes now. And look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I will give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also be numbered. Verse 17, Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I will give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth trees of memory, I think, memory, which are in Hebron, and he built an altar there unto the Lord. Often when you're in a place of contention, you've come from a place of disappointment, often God will bring you also to a place of look now from the place where you are at. Lift up your eyes. What he's talking about there is perspective. When you've paced and have been in a place of contention, one of the big things is your perspective or your vision in life can start to fall down to the ground. People are, when you're in a place of hopelessness, you are in a place of no vision. Hope is like vision. When you hope for something, that you can see something. The difference, there's a difference between hope and faith, though. Hope is kind of like, you know when you go hunting or go fishing? You know? No? Shopping. Yeah, maybe shopping. <laughs> hope is when you can see your fish or you can see the game. You know, hope can be so strong and so compelling. Before you've even, even gone out, you can smell it cooking on your barbecue. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can smell it. I am hoping for it. You can smell it. You can see it. You can taste it. You can... All of those kinds of things. You can hope for it. Yeah, I'm going to hope. The difference between that and faith is this. Faith is when you take the chili bin and actually go. <laughs> I went out one day and it's like, where's the chili bin? And it's like, oh, well, I probably wasn't expecting that I was going to actually get something. Yeah? When you actually go and you actually take the chili bin, you know that you're, you're going to hope for it, but you're expecting to receive. When people are in a place of hopelessness, their vision goes, their perspective shrinks. Instead of thinking big and think of beyond the world in which you live in, your vision or your focus, the, everything that you can see in your heart and your mind gets consumed or constricted into just to, to, to the problems of today. You become very, very short-sighted. You can't see beyond tomorrow. You can't see beyond the circumstances in which you are in right now. You can't see beyond the contention. When I was in a place of contention, I couldn't really see. When I was in a place of hopelessness, I couldn't really see God's plan for my life until God had to speak to me and show me. So again, he's saying, lift up your eyes. Lift your perspective up. Lift your perspective up. Don't be so self-centered. Don't be so concerned with what's going on in your own little space. Lift up your perspective and see what's going on in the world around you. 
Have a vision bigger than yourself. I think one of the greatest tragedies in life is when you let go of vision for your beyond, vision that's beyond your own little world. When you become into a place like that, I believe that's one of the greatest tragedies because God's plan for your life is bigger than yourself. Your destiny is not just about you. It's actually about other people. It's about other people. So one of the first things God says to Abram is lift up your eyes and look. Look all around you. One of the things that I believe that God wants to have in our life is four-dimensional vision. A vision that is so self-orientated is only one-dimensional. You notice God says to him, he says, lift up your eyes from the place where you are now. Wherever you are in life, lift up your eyes, he's saying. You'll find that this now moment will come up time and time and time again. Because if the devil can rob your vision, he can rob your destiny. And that destiny that God has for you is a wonderful destiny. We can reflect back. I mean, we know a little bit about Abraham Abraham now because his story is told from generations to generation. But when you're in that place now, he had no idea that he was going to be the father of faith. He had absolutely no idea. Father of faith, what do you mean? He had no idea about the magnitude of the promises that God had for him. God said to him, he said, I'm going to make your descendants so vast that no one will be able to count them. All nations will be blessed because of you. Can you imagine if God said to you that in the condition of the space that you're in right now, where you are? Really? Really? Well, it's pretty big. I had no idea that one step of faith could result and the gospel being presented to millions and millions of people at this time and this hour. I had no idea. If it worked for a year, it would be good. I'd be happy. (laughs) I had no idea that it was just going to keep rolling and rolling and rolling, and thousands and thousands of people. I had no idea. It was just beyond me. I wonder what destiny that God has for your life, even though you may be in a place of contention right now. God said to him, lift up your eyes, wherever you are, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes beyond the space where you are right now. Look around you. He said, look in every direction. Four-dimensional vision. Look to the north, look to the south, look to the east, look to the west. Let your vision get a bit bigger than where you're looking right now. Influence this way, influence this way. Then he goes on to say that the, the, the next dimension, the, of the fourth dimension, was look at, your des- look at your descendants beyond you right now. For some people, their vision, if it's one-dimensional vision, it's just about them and what they can get out of life, their goals for themselves at this point of time for their life. That there is one-dimensional vision. When your vision becomes four-dimensional, you'll start to see, who can I influence around? Who can I bring hope to people around me? What territory has God placed in my life? One of the things I was inspired by what some of the Maoris are doing is their vision is not just for themselves. Their vision is for the next 500 to 1,000 years, not just for their own space of their own time frame on, on, the, on, the, on earth, but generation after generation after generation. What vision do you have for the generations of people that will follow you? See, God is a God who blesses beyond just one generational. And one of the things we know is our decisions, the decisions that you make in your time of conflict, 
Your decisions that you make today, their place of contention, they will either keep you constrained and keep you in the place where you are right now. But whatever you decide, it is not just going to affect you. It will affect the people around you. It will affect the generations after you. It will affect generation after generation after generation. Abraham did make a bad choice, and 6,000 years later, we're still fighting them. It didn't seem so bad at that time, but the effect of, the, of the effect of that choice went from generation to generation to generation. My granddad made a very positive choice. He made a choice to receive Jesus Christ in his heart. He made choices to invest into his grandchildren. He made choices to invest not just for himself, but because of what he saw in the future. I was able to do what I was able to do because my granddad had a vision that his grandchildren would be able to succeed what he did and that his grandchildren would be blessed. And his grandchildren would also bring hope to, ge- to generations. That is the vision. That is the plan that God has for your family. That is the God plan that God has for you. Lift up your eyes from the place where you are right now. Let your vision go a little bit further than just beyond today. One of the things about about this place is I believe lifting up your eyes now, it's about a fresh start. It's about new hope. And for some people here today, you may need a fresh start in your life. You may need new and fresh hope inside of your life. Friends, you've come to the right place because in a moment, God can just open up your life, open up your eyes, just like that. When you entrust your life to him, he can make something beautiful out of your life. For some people, You need a new perspective. You need a new hope inside of your life. You may have had failures along the way. Friends, the Bible says that he is the God of all hope, and his mercy is new every morning. (laughs) Every morning. Even on Sundays. Even on Saturdays. Every morning his his mercy is is, is afresh. So when today, every day you can open up your eyes, oh, God, enlarge my vision today beyond my own little space. Uh, one, one of the things I felt God speak to me was, uh, is actually out of a Maori proverb. And the word says, here we go. All right. I'm learning te reo. <laughs> Tika rohi rohi. Yeah. Tika rohi rohi. It's taken from a blessing from one of the, the second Maori king as he journeyed into a new land. Basically, it says, it, was, it captures the thought that the shimmering light is a guide for travelers as they move towards new horizons and towards new thinking. The focus is on the future. The focus is on freshness. The, the, the focus is on development. The focus is not on today's comfort. The focus is on what can I produce or what destiny or what new horizons can be opened up for our people. Friends, sadly, the church gets into a place where it gets so self-consumed, so short and narrow-minded. Tikarohirohi. Lift up your eyes, new horizons, new possibilities. Look at the land that God has for you. You walk in it. New horizons, a new place, new thinking. That is the plan. That's the destiny that God has for us. Friends, we're in a place in the church right now, I believe, that God is saying that same thing. Lift up your eyes. I've got new ideas for you. I've got new thinking for you. I've got new horizons for you. I've got new land for you. Places that you haven't been before. I've prepared them, you just got to walk in them. I wonder what new horizons, new possibilities God has for you. 
I wonder what new horizons, I wonder what new possibilities that God has for us. How exciting. How exciting. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about that. When I just watch every, every week when Pastor Anwar sends up a post of millions of people or miracles, I'm thinking, it's my inheritance. <laughs> We've got a part in that. We did something. But what's the new thing? What's God going to do now? This is yesterday's news. It's cool, but it's yesterday's news. What is the next thing God has for us as a church? <sighs> Lift up your eyes, people. Lift up your eyes. See, God made... A promise in these words to Abraham to grab a hold of a a future plan. Abraham struggled to grasp the magnitude of of the plan that God had for him. We can look back and say, well, yeah, well, that's... But you you already know that. (laughs) When you're on the other side of God's plan, you can't always see it. It takes faith. His plans are greater, bigger, larger, beyond what you could think or ever, ever, ever imagined. No Abram would ever in his lifetime completely understand what God was handing to him at that point of time. I wonder whether we ever fully comprehend or understand the opportunities, the magnitude of the opportunities that God hands us at a particular point in time. I look at my father. A few great moments, great experiences, and... uh, Mum was he, was he, I think he went to a, uh, something with Clark or something. I think it was a two-week or five-day course or something like that. One, one conference, one moment of opportunity ignited something that opened up a world of possibilities that nearly every underground church in Asia now knows who Pastor Mike Connell was. Wow. Wonder what possibilities that can emerge from the opportunities that God places in front of us today. They may seem small, they may look small, but God, open up our eyes. Trust our lives to him. Not only that, but you see that as Abraham responded to the call of God, his whole identity was shifted. He became the father of nations. And one, one of the things that you look back now, and we can see the amazing inventions that have been uh, created by, by the Israel, by, by the descendants of uh, by the descendants of Abraham. Amazing, amazing, amazing inventions. All nations shall call you blessed. I wonder what would have happened and at that moment he decided to stay in a place of hopelessness. I wonder what would have happened. One of the things we see, it says, the promise of God I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. So if, no, if any man could number, the, then your descendants could be numbered. So the command he gives, arise, walk in the land. What if at that moment there he did not arise? What if he did not respond to the opportunity that God had for him right there? For so many people, they miss out on the plan and the purpose, the destiny that God has for them, simply because they refuse to arise out of their place of brokenness. They simply refuse to arise out of their place of contention. They simply refuse to get up out of their place of hopelessness. What a terrible tragedy that the promise of God could be constrained by somebody just sitting on their butt and just saying, 
feeling sorry for themselves or complaining or whinging or whining or getting offended or things like that. Some people I know have missed out on amazing things simply because they got offended and they refused to get off where they were, where they were sitting right now. Missed out on so much. Other people, they chose to get up out of their place of brokenness, out of their place of hopelessness, out of their place of rejection, out of the place of negativity where they were. There was no one there to get him up onto his feet. He just got up. He just responded in faith. Friends, there's going to be times where you just have to respond in faith and get up out of your place of hopelessness. You've just got to get up out of your foot. You've just got to respond. When you respond, there is something that, oh, oh, of God that will be released into your life. That's where the faith comes. The hope is seeing it. The hope is tasting it. The faith is actually getting up, standing up onto your feet and starting to walk. The thing about walking is about making decisions. The Bible says in Galatians, let us walk in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is about making choices. Your choices are going to lead you either into a place of promise or they're going to lead you away. Sitting down is a choice. Not responding is a choice. Staying in a place of despair, that's a choice. But when you get up and start making one decision, start making another decision that follows that, start making decisions that bring you towards the plan that God has. Start making decisions. Start doing something that moves you in the direction that God's got for you. Because it doesn't just fall on your plate. It just doesn't fall on your plate like that. You've got to get up and make some decisions. For Kate and I, we had to get up and make some decisions. We're going to do this. I had to make a decision. I'm going to go into my... I wasn't, I wasn't going to get an honorary one. I had to earn it. <laughs> Sometimes you've just got to get up and do it. So many people, they stay in their place of fantasy land, thinking it's going to just turn up. Friends, it's not. You're in fantasy. Really? <laughs> Arise. Walk in the land. Hope is seeing the fish. Faith is bringing the chili bin. Abraham moved. Abraham took initiative and moved something. Just go that way. Don't go back to where you were. Just go forward. Just that, that's the direction you go. Just start moving. Moving is faith. Hope is seeing it. Faith is actually moving towards it. Faith is getting up off your place. Saying, I'm going to go there. I'm not quite sure what it's going to look like, but I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep going and keep walking. I'm going to keep looking at the land. The last thing here. So Abraham moved his tent. He moved it. You've got to be willing to pick up some of your, change some of the thought processes in your mind. You've got to be willing to, to shift some of your belief systems. You've got to be willing to shift some of the, the patterns that you've built in your life. You know, you know, a lot of us have, we have habits in our lives. We, all sorts, you know, some are good habits, some are not so good habits. Some are debatable. But you've got to shift some of these habits in your life in order to move to this next direction. You've got to shift in the way you think, shift in the way you see, shift how you feel about things. Shift your, challenge your belief system. Some of the, you've got to pull up the tent pegs, pull up some of the, the foundations that you've set inside of you. Some of the things that you thought were, uh, that you've been used to, your comfort zones, you've got to pull them up. Abraham moved. You can't 
move into the things of God unless you actually pick up your tents and start to move. So Abraham moved, and the first thing he did was this, and I'm going to finish on this. The Bible says that he, he dwelt by the trees, and he built an altar there before the Lord. He built an altar there before the Lord. One of the things about building and altering, there is a place that we've got to build an altar in our lives. Altars always have a price. Altars also have a price. There's altar is an A-L-T-A-R and altar is an A-L-T-E-R. If you want an alteration in your life, you want a shift in your life, then you have to build an altar, which is a place of sacrifice. Altars have a price. God intends that something be altered in our lives when we come to altars. To receive the promise of God means we've got to make way for transformation. We've got to be prepared to willing to pay a price. Friends, I want to encourage you today. There is a, a great promise that God has for you. Abraham building that altar before the Lord, building the place of sacrifice, was a place of representation. It was a place of saying, God, I'm willing to shift. I'm ready to alter what needs to be altered in my life. If it's a habit, then I'm willing to alter that. If it's a mindset, I'm willing to alter that. If it's a, uh, something that I've set my affection on, I'm willing to alter that. If I have to let my affection go toward my house or my, my current way of living, then I'm willing to let that go. What are you prepared to sacrifice? What are you willing to lay on the altar for the promise of God? All of us will be at a place where we have to sacrifice something. For me, in shifting to Pakistan, okay, we had to sacrifice something. We had to put everything on the line. I had to sacrifice the safety of my kids. I had to sacrifice the safety of my wife. To sacrifice, even, even had to sacrifice my boat. <laughs> it was easy. What are you prepared to sacrifice? You know, one of the things I went there, I was thinking, when I went to Pakistan, I thought, I thought I had the answers to what they needed. <laughs> when I got there, I felt, oh, no, I don't. I'm wrong. One of the things I had to sacrifice was I had to sacrifice things that I believed were true, things that I believed were right. I, had to, I thought I basically had to sacrifice my pride, essentially. What is it that God's calling you to sacrifice today? What altar is God wanting you to build? Friends, there is a wonderful promise that God has for you. There's a wonderful promise that God has for us as a church. Beyond, beyond what any one of us could ever imagine. I wonder. One day you're going to look back at this moment, hopefully if you're taking some notes. One day you'll come to a point of life where you'll do some reflecting. Some of you may be already doing that. Stage of life where you're reflecting about some of the choices that you've made. Some of you may be reflecting and saying, well, I should have, should have done this or I should have done that or I should have responded back then. But I didn't. Friends, it's not too late. God is the God of all hope. He's the God of all hope. Maybe you've made some bad choices and you reflect upon those 
Well, God is the God of all hope. He can restore whatever decision. He can restore hope into your family. He can restore hope to you. He can make something beautiful out of your life. Today, let's not get down the track and think, I should have done this, I should have done that. I missed out on the plans, not just me, but the generations that will follow me, missing out. What altar could you sacrifice? What altar could you establish today that could last for generations, for generations? What would, you, what would it take to give up? What, what would you need to give up on that altar? Maybe selfishness, maybe, I don't know, allow God to speak to you today. What will you need to sacrifice? What altar will you build? Or you could choose just to stay status quo, just live your life, and that's it. Holy Spirit, thank you for your wonderful presence here. Thank you for your wonderful grace. Thank you for your wonderful promises for our life, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you take people that are seem insignificant, people that have been deemed a failure, people that have been broken, and you, you do such amazing things with their lives, Lord. Lord, I thank you for every, every person represented here. Thank you for their families. Lord, you have such wonderful promises for their life. You have such wonderful things. You have such a wonderful plan for their life. A plan to prosper them, to enlarge them, to, to have an impact beyond what they could ever, ever imagine. Lord, as we conclude this year and we, we start to move into a new year, Lord, lift up our eyes. Lift up our eyes. Lift up your heads, O you gates, for the King of glory. Thank you for the wonderful promise that you have for us, Lord. Give us the strength. Give us the inspiration, I pray, to lift up our eyes and to see beyond we could ever, ever imagine. Give us the strength. Give us the grace, we pray today, to sacrifice on the altar whatever we need to sacrifice, Lord. Lord, let nations be blessed by the decisions that we make today and this day forth in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Oh, come on. Everybody said. It's just the beginning, folks. Tika rohi rohi. New horizons. Lift up your eyes. The harvest is ripe. Lift up your eyes. New thinking. New possibilities. New ideas. A new world. Amen. Come, let's stand and sing. Into your hands I commit my life Day by day As a living sacrifice Who am I That you would care for me
be lifted up and glorified. Friends, I'd love to just pray for you this morning. If you felt, if you're here this morning and you never ever received Jesus Christ inside of your heart, He is the God of all hope. He fills us with peace and joy. If you've never received Jesus Christ inside of your life today, you ought to make that decision. I ask for you and I open up the altar for you to come and just to open up your heart and open up your life to receive Him. Friends, if you're here this morning and you can feel the tug of the Holy Spirit on your life saying, God, I know that you've got something bigger for you, for me, but I need to sacrifice something. There is something I need to sacrifice inside of my life today. And you ought to make that decision. We're going to go into that chorus one more time. And I would love for you to come and take the most of this opportunity right now. You may not have it again. Take the most of this opportunity. There is a grace that God will pour out upon your life today. As we sing this song, I'd love for you to come forward and respond. And we're going to pray and minister to you. Come on, let's sing. To your hands, I commit my life. Come on, why don't you respond?